Welcome everybody to another installment of the E1 Masterpiece Series Classics Edition. People, you know, fans of this show might remember when we did a little script last year called Teen Creek that was aimed at like the CW kind of teen demographic. And today we've got another script. This one we're aiming even lower. This one's more of like a family-friendly animal comedy. But me and Andrew and Branson couldn't do this one ourselves, so we had to bring in a few guests. We got Jesse and Mike from Your Kickstarter Sucks. Hey, hello. How you guys doing? Are you are you excited to uh, bring this work of art to life? I, I'm ready to dive back into the world of the basketball dog. I've I, it's been a while since I've been in there, and I'm kind of looking forward to getting my feet wet again. Didn't you know? remember to do it. Didn't remember we were doing it today, but he's bringing uh, a I lot was... of positive energy, which is more I can more than I can say for most people. <laughs> That's true. But I then, uh, lastly, we have Raina Duras from NPR's World Cafe here. Hello. To this is a long-awaited YKS X NPR crossover that the fans have been dying for. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three years yeah. coming. The fans people are, are always finally, messaging uh, E1 saying, "Can you get some kind of NPR YKS collab?" And we finally did it. I thought Mike was going to end up on Serial. Sorry if that's not good to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cereal is amazing, though. It tastes pretty good. The food. This, however, will not affect um, e episode one or YKS's relationship with the Zing Podcast Network. Oh, we're big Zing dingers for sure. We're we're all on the our Zing wrist Podcast board. Network is in talks to buy NPR, and this is our way of trying to set that up. Well, but this episode will only be available on Risco tablets through the Zing Network. Yeah, but you gotta log Doing a hostile in. takeover. Oh, yeah. National Public Radio. <laughs> We're gonna start making it some money. We're gonna rename it to National Private We're Radio. We're trying to privatize it from the left. You gotta pay a subscription fee. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what taxes kind of are? Yeah, but we don't use our taxes. Yeah, we don't pay taxes. Don't they use a little bit of taxes on public radio in America? Isn't that kind of part of wouldn't it? Wouldn't you kind of no offense, but wouldn't you know that? If you I thought I did know that, right? and now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> well, you're probably you're probably right, and we're just over here scratching our heads. So you have to answer to the tax. Don't trust any of these people you're talking to right now. There are a variety of uh, uh, different revenue streams for public radio in America. I can't get into that stuff. Well, a right couple, now. Uh, the most one, common one I think you hear if you listen to national public radio is, "Please send us some money, please." Just begging, just straight oh, yeah. begging. <laughs> I've done a couple fun drives, and uh, it's something that because I, I'm from Canada, uh, because I was on the CBC in Canada where they don't do fun drives, took a little getting used to. Um, but you, you get pretty good at it after a little while. There's so many different ways to say, please give me your <laughs> <Yeah>. money. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone's hey man, listening. how are you? You look great. Anyone look who's awesome listening, today. they like this material, go check out the NPR Patreon. <laughs> you sign up for free episode, extra bonus episodes, five bucks a month. You know, an NPR Patreon would, take, would kill on some money, though. Here's the thing about uh, radio or funding for it. Is it's like anything else, any other business. If there's a demand, the money will follow. That's true. Well, if there's a Just supply. Like a wise man told me that. His name is Charles Austin. Wow. All right, I'm let's read this that... dog shit. <laughs> okay. So this <laughs> this film is entitled Air Dad, MVP, Most Vertical Person, Pup, Pup, and Away. I'm sure people are familiar with Air Bud, 
This is basically reverse air bud about a guy who joins an all dog basketball league because the dogs didn't have a rule saying he couldn't do it. Can I ask you a question, Charles? Yeah. Was the title the very first thing you wrote? You know, surprisingly, it was the last thing I wrote. Wow. Because oh, wow. for, for um, Air Bud, I always assume they start with the title, like Golden Receiver and Seventh Inning Fetch and World Pup. But, you know, I just, I, I didn't have that kind of inspiration, but I knew I wanted to write this type of film, you know? Do you think when they started with the Air Bud movies that they had all of those already planned out? Like they knew where the franchise was going or did they come up with that stuff? Like after? Marvel movies are planned for like four years in advance. <laughs> yeah. They planned out yeah. the Air Bud. They just had the list of Air Bud sports puns. Yeah, they came up with the pun list in one afternoon and they're like, yo, here's 10 years of movies. Some like hotshot executive just, you yeah. know. We're going to be rich. They had to start branching <laughs> out into stuff like cricket. The movie's called like Air Bud Cricket Eater. I don't know. The dog eats the crickets and pukes them up. Wait, do you know how cricket is played? <laughs> I'm saying like the it's a golden retriever. He's gonna eat bugs and anyway. All right. Anyway, so, Air Dad. This is the film. Uh, we're gonna. We don't need too much explanation because there's an extraordinary amount of exposition in the script. But we just want to introduce like the main characters here first. Um, we've got Bill Blinkerman Kaminsky, who's gonna be played by Branson. Um, how about Branson? Do you want to read the description of him? He's a typical American who got the white picket fence. <laughs> <laughs> but now that he has lost his job at the pollution factory, he is having an identity crisis and a midlife crisis. He needs to find a job for his family to respect him. All right, and next we have Jenny Kaminsky Sr., played by Raina. Bill's wife. She always wished they could have a daughter to be named Jenny Jr., <laughs> but she doesn't hold it against Bill. However, since he lost his job, troubles in their marriage are appearing. Then we've got Teddy Kaminsky, played by Andrew. Bill and Jenny's son. He's fine, but he doesn't respect his dad. Then we've got Slugger. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, we got He's fine. Slugger the family dog, played by me. He's the family dog. Like two-thirds of dogs in America today, he cannot talk. Also, he does not respect Bill either. Charles then, making a charged political statement by not capitalizing America in his script. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, this whole movie's funded by Iran. It's actually funded by the Saudis um, as anti-Iran propaganda. Mm. Okay. But um, we've got Stinky Joe, who's going to be played by Jesse. Are we doing voices on this? You don't have to if you want. Okay, but if I like had like a really good one, I could. I could oh do yeah, a if voice. you have a good one, you got to do it. Yeah, I did. If it's like an Eddie Murphy impression, you should do that, Jesse. Okay. Um, mine's not Eddie Murphy. I'm not familiar with his work. Uh, mine's a little bit different. Uh, it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> hey, it's me, Stinky Joe. Uh, I'm Bill's best friend. We used to work at the Pollution Factory together, but now I'm successful at making YouTube reaction videos. Very good. Wow. I believed you were Stinky Joe. <laughs> Thanks. And now we have another character who Jesse's playing, uh, Coach Fido. I, I, this is the one I really want to do the voice on. I don't know. I'm scared, though. Uh, don't be scared. Just is just it a dog feel. voice? Just, just do it. Yeah. Well, no, this yeah, character. Yeah, I kind of want to do dog. a dog voice. Okay, do the dog voice on this one then. Wait, no, is it a dog or it's yeah, not it's, a dog? It's Coach Fido. He's this a dog. one's a dog. Well, he coaches dogs. Does that but mean he is he's a dog? A dog? Too. Yeah. You didn't mention that in the description that he is a dog. Well, he mentioned. He <laughs> says later, "I'm a dog" or something like that. 
Okay. <laughs> just, just wait for it. Jesus. It's me, Coach Fido. I'm the coach of the local professional basketball dog that? team, the GlaxoSmithKline Glaxos. It's a dog voice. Oh, is that that's a dog good. or is that that's just a good, that's how that's a dog good, sounds to That's you? a good dog. Have you ever heard a dog before? Mm. What's he going to do, bark, huh? I think we all need to lay off of JF a little bit. He's bringing a real positive energy that I can't say for everybody. Thank you, Branson. Okay, well, let's put, let's put Mike in the hot seat. He's playing Jimmy Mutler. Okay. <laughs> I'm J- uh, hey, I'm the star golden retriever of the Glaxo. I thought my guy would be like a southern uh, <laughs> southern dog. Like, um, oh, can my guy also like be southern? southern? No, Branson, you can't be southern for this one. All right, all right. Mike can be southern you if just he wants. Who's going to be a foghorn leghorn dog? We know that's where it's going. <laughs> well, I sit, I sit. <laughs> what? So, but uh, Mike, you have a second dog character named Zelda Smith Klein Mutler. So you're going to have to think of something different for her, I guess. Okay. Um, she's a... Okay, check this out. Check this out. <clears throat> she's a very wealthy dog who is Jimmy <laughs> Mutler's wife. <laughs> that is fucking great. And then uh, lastly, we have Andrew as Northrop Grumman. He is the bad guy. Do you have anything oh else on Northrop Grumman like that, that like we could go on? Like... A description. No, it just says he's. Use your ma- imagination. Yeah, you maybe. I'm gonna realize that he's bad. Just trying to help you out. I'm imagining a big, nice, a big, expensive suit, and like slick back hair. That's probably accurate because he has he chomps on cigars too. So I would say that's accurate. Um, I actually forgot what the voice of Coach Fido was because now all I d- I just hear Mike's voices now. So can you guys remind me what the voice was I was doing for the coach of the dogs? You were doing like um, a real happy sounded, up, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, uppity. Disney voice. Okay. Just go with Disney voice. Okay, got it. You have to wing it because the, the movie's beginning now. Okay. Exterior daytime. Bill drives his son Teddy to school in GlaxoSmithKline Grove, a quiet, idyllic suburb on an ordinary all-American day. My name is Bill Blinkerman Kaminsky. I've got a beautiful all-American wife, an adoring all-American son, and a faithful pooch companion who is always by my side. How could life get any better, right? Well, to tell the truth, things haven't been going exactly my way. For 20 years, I was a smog tester at the pollution factory, ensuring that our smog was an effective, high-quality, all-American pollutant. Things were going great until this summer, when I got laid off because of this economy. I tried to get a job testing poison at the poison factory, but they said I didn't have enough experience. The pollution factory was my life. I'm starting to think my son and my dog don't respect me anymore. And my wife, well, let's just say our marriage is like a martini that James Bond would not order because it's on the rocks. I pause for laughter there, Charles. (laughs) It's so ironic that I finally got the house with the white picket fence, only to learn that the white picket fence factory is no longer hiring guys like me. Huh. Just my luck, I guess. Um, so 
the son is going to reply here, but I'm imagining that he's uh, a teenager, right, Charles? Yeah, like 13-ish, like a young teenager. Okay, well, he's hitting a jewel illegally, but his parents okay. can't take it from him because he'll uh, threaten them with uh, accusations. So, hey, Dad, Dad, snap out of it. You almost missed a turn. I can't play for school again. It's a really deep voice for a 13-year-old, but... Just went through puberty. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, champ. guess I'm a little off my game today. It's okay, Dad. I know you can't help being a jobless loser. Yesterday at recess, Timmy McLaughlin told everyone my dad had a dick nose. <laughs> What's up? Yesterday at recess, Timmy McLaughlin told everyone my dad is a dick nose geek loser who's lower than a dog. He said you're lower than a worm in the dirt, but I don't mind. It doesn't matter what the kids say about you. You're a grown man. I'm sorry they're picking on you, son. I'll get a job soon, and you can be proud of me again. Well, they're not really picking on me. They're picking on you. They know I don't really care what you what they say about you. I mean, if anything, they're right. Okay, well, uh, here we are at your school. Let me walk you to the door. I know it's weird because you're 13 and almost in high school, but I'm really lonely and bored. Okay, just stand five feet behind me so people don't think I want you here. Okay, Tiger, that's my boy. Bill follows his son's orders and walks sluggishly at a distance. When his son reaches the door, he waves faintly. His son does not wave back and heads inside to chat casually with his school chums. As Bill lingers for a moment, three cool dads approach him and start cracking their knuckles. I think, how about, um... Maybe Jesse be dead one, Mike dead two, and Raina dead three. Sure. I'm getting a new part already? Oh my god. Okay, I have to do a new voice. <laughs> Fuck. Your star's rising. Pressure's on. Shit. Wait, which dad am dead I? One. You're dead one. You're right up, oh dude. We're waiting on you right now. Okay, I've really got to set the scene for dad stuff. It's like Second City. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Bill. Nice lunchbox you got there. Is that your son's? Bill sheepishly hides his Mighty Morphin Power Rangers lunch ba box behind his back. Nah, this is mine. You know, for when I get hungry later. Power Rangers sucks. I haven't liked that shit since first grade. Dad 3 reveals that he has a shiny new Fortnite lunchbox. Then Dad 1 pretending to point a gun at Bill. Goose, goose, goose. Headshot. Cut it out, guys. Just because I have no job doesn't mean I have no feelings. The pollution factory was everything to me. But now they said the world doesn't need any more pollution. Can you imagine how it would feel if your jobs were no longer necessary? I'm the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. My <laughs> job is never going away. Uh, and I'm a, a lawyer that helps evict broke losers like you from their homes. I'll always have a job as long as there's guys like you out there. I'm a genius scientist who invented a new kind of nuclear bomb that kills 30% more people than the leading brand. We'll always need war. This guy's a fucking loser. Let's get him, boys. The three cool dads start wailing on Bill, punching him in his ugly face and kicking him in his little purple nuts as he cowers on the ground. If this was a real movie, this scene could go on for about 40 minutes if they needed to fill up time. Then Bill says to himself after the dads get bored and leave. I guess I am a dick-nosed geek loser. Huh. 
Interior daytime, Bill arrives at home to find his wife, Jenny Kaminsky Sr., filling up the dog food bowl for their dog, Slugger. How'd it go dropping off Teddy? I don't suppose the principal offered you a job on your way out? Nah. Bill wiping his bloody nose. Some of the other dads were mean to me again. I know I've let you down, Jenny. I've let down our son. And most of all, I have let down our beloved pooch, Slugger. Slugger turns toward his bull, refusing to acknowledge Bill. I just... well, you know how I feel. I mean, I go by Jenny Kaminsky Sr. because I always thought there would be a Jenny Jr. And, well, I don't blame you that you've only given me a son. You know I don't. But this thing with the job, I'm just... I don't know if I can respect you anymore. When we got married, I thought you were my hero. Maybe it's just because we had a Marvel-themed wedding and forced all of our friends to buy their own costumes and our entire wedding registry was Funko Pops. But I don't know. Since then, something has changed. Jenny, I promise I'm going to get back on my feet and make this family proud again. My son, well, he's my little major leaguer. He's my champ. He's my rascal. And my dog, well, that's Slugger. That's the only affectionate sports-related nickname I withhold from our son on account of it being our dog's name. I love that mangy little mutt. And I'll win back his respect. I'll win back all of your respect. And heck, we might have that little baby girl you've always dreamed about, too. That's a nice sentiment, but there's a stack of bills on the table that say PASS DUE in big red letters, and the picket fence hasn't gotten a fresh coat of white paint in weeks. It's starting to turn into a normal colored picket, like poor people have. You need a job, honey. I understand. Well, I'm going to go take a walk. I need to do some thinking. Bill shuffles out of the front door, slumped over with both hands in his pockets. Exterior daytime, Bill with hands still in pockets, shuffles down a tree-lined street in GlaxoSmithKline Grove, looking for rocks to kick on the sidewalk. Thought I had it all. Now my wife's giving me the business? Ha, huh, I wish I had a business. Then she'd like me again. Even my dog wants me dead. To say nothing of Teddy, my little major leaguer. Bill's phone vibrates in his pocket, so he checks it, as one does with a phone. Ah, look, it's my best friend Stinky Joe. See, they call him Stinky Joe because he worked at the pollution factory, but he always smelled like good expensive cologne. The kind with Al Pacino on the bottle. <laughs> I wonder what he wants. Bill looks at the text message from Stinky Joe, which is just a link to Pornhub.com. Come Bill, on. Re reading the response as he types it. <laughs> Come on, Stinky Joe. You know I can't go to Pornhub.com. I'm a married man. Stinky Joe replies quickly. Ha ha. Just trying to cheer you up, bud. It was easy for me to find a new job doing reaction videos to funny stuff I see on YouTube, and I get millions and millions of views. I bet you'll find a job in no time at all. See ya with your goof ass. <laughs> Some guys, like Stinky Joe, have all the luck. Me? Well... I guess everybody just wants me dead, like a street dog. On the other side of a chain link fence, there is a pickup basketball game going on. We hear the squeaking of shoes on the court, which for some reason is like an NBA caliber wooden court, even though they are just playing outside in a park. Then we see that the players of this particular basketball game are not human guys, but in fact, some lovable mutts. Street dog, huh? That's it! Bill puts both hands on the chain link fence and presses his greasy little dick nose right up against the fence and watches them play. Spellbound, he sees a golden retriever drive up the middle and bank an easy layup. The other smaller dogs are powerless to stop him. 
Bill, inspired by this, approaches the court. Hey, fellas, pass me the rock. Roo? The dogs keep saying ro and zo. They're looking at each other like, is this motherfucker serious? He is a human man. But then a chihuahua, with a little hesitation, indeed passes him the proverbial rock. So Bill, looking around and sees that three dogs are wearing shirts and three dogs are naked like ordinary dogs. Shirts for skins, huh? Guess I'm shirts. Bill starts dribbling the ball hesitantly. Gee, it's been a minute since I played high school ball. Bill checks the ball to the golden retriever on the other team who checks it back. Bill easily runs past the retriever who is like two feet tall on a good day and the other two dogs are even shorter and thus even easier for a grown man to evade. Bill doesn't even pay attention to his teammates as they are all quite small as well. He walks over close to the hoop and just kind of lobs the ball up without even jumping. It bounces around on the rim for a long time and then goes in. Again, if this was a real movie, the director could have the ball bounce on the rim for like 15 minutes to fill up time. Hey, not bad. I could get used to that. Then a golden retriever says, Wait, so the dogs can talk? No, only two-thirds of dogs can talk, not all dogs. Who wants to be miscellaneous kind of dog and who wants to be um, Chihuahua? Also, there's a golden retriever. Oh, I'll be the golden retriever. Okay. Taking the best parts for himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be the ch- I'll be the right, chihuahua. I'll be the miscellaneous kind of dog. Okay. Jesse, don't do an accent on. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Do an accent. I really it's good, think you should. Just, I really think he should do an accent. It's not the time accent. nor the place for that. I don't know what kind of accent, but I think he should do it. Okay, we're gonna jump in. Miscellaneous kind of dog. It, that, okay, that's Mia. We are double teaming him, but it is not working. I am impressed by this man's sheer size and physicality when compared to us lowly dogs. I'm open. Bill's Chihuahua teammate passes Bill the ball, who is not really open, but the two dogs guarding him are far too small to stop him. He shoots a really shitty air ball, then jogs over at a casual pace, gets his own rebound, weakly tosses up a shot from like one foot away, and it just barely goes in. His tim- team wins 104 to 0. And the Golden Retriever says, Ha ha ha, Bill, this Golden Retriever cannot talk. Statistically speaking, he is one of the 66.7% of American dogs who cannot speak. I, however, can. And you were good back there. Damn good. I couldn't have done it without your help, Chihuahua. Thank you for passing me the rock so often. This here is just a little pickup game. Just some common lowly street dogs trying to unwind. Balling out and shooting the rock just for fun, hmm? But you? I think you've got something. I think you could go pro. Me? Go pro? At dog basketball? But of course, you've got size. You can make the ball go in the hip after a few tries. And most importantly, you've got heart. Well, gee, I, uh, I never thought me, an athlete, Yes, you know called GlaxoSmithKline Arena, that giant multi-billion dollar stadium in the center of our otherwise small and assuming suburb, the one where all the pro-dog basketball games are played? Go there tomorrow at noon. They have open tryouts. I think you're a shoe-in, and I know a thing or two about shoes. I'm a dog. 
and I chew on people's shoes, and I piss on them as well. Well, thanks, Chihuahua. Listen, I uh, I gotta get back to the old ball and chain. That's what us humans call a wife. I'm glad we met, though. I'll, I'll never forget you. Bill shakes hands with the Chihuahua and says a tearful goodbye to the dogs, who he never sees or even thinks about ever again for the rest of his entire life. <laughs> Interior evening. Bill is sitting around the dinner table with Jenny, Teddy, and Slugger, who sits at the table like a person and eats kibble from his bowl. How's my little major leaguer today? Did you hit ho- any home runs in school? You know I'm no good at sports, Dad. In gym class, I'm always running around like Naruto in the outfield. The other kids wish I would just sit there pulling up clumps of grass instead. It sucks to be like this. I guess it's because I have your loser genes. Teddy, it's not your dad's genes that make him a loser. It's the fact that he doesn't have a job. Well, son, what if your old man became an athlete? What would you think of that? You're too old. And besides, how are you going to become an athlete? Even the poison factory wouldn't hire you to test poison. You've hit rock bottom. It's time you develop a drinking problem. Wait out the clock. (sighs) It's one thing to have a loser dad, but even my faithful mutt companion is a loser. I wish Slugger could talk. Now, Teddy, you know that, statistically speaking, 66.7% of American dogs simply cannot talk. It's normal for him to be this way. Why can't we get three dogs so that at least one of them, statistically speaking, will probably be able to talk? Now, Teddy, you know that there's a government-instituted one-dog policy to prevent exactly what you're describing. Yes, Teddy, we're lucky to have the one dog we have. It's too bad the government won't institute a one-job policy for your loser father. Not so fast, Jenny. Matter of fact, I've got a job interview tomorrow at noon. I've got a good feeling about this one, but the interview is going to be rough. Rough, rough, rough. What an odd thing to say. Interior, basketball arena. The next day, Bill shows up for tryouts at the GlaxoSmithKline Arena. There are like 300 dogs in line before him. Slowly, the line dissipates and he reaches the front. Coach Fido of the Glaxos stands there with a clipboard. He is a dog, by the way. All right, and what's your name? Bill. Bill Blinkerman Kaminsky. Okay, and what are you here for? I'm trying out for the team. Whoa, 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 whoa. Huh? But you're not. But you, so then, but, huh? A group of dogs are shooting the rock on the court, and they all stop to stare in stunned silence. But a human has never tried out for the Glaxos before. Well, I I guess I'm the first. The star player for the Glaxos, a golden retriever with a scar over one of his eyes like Sub-Zero, comes up to Bill. Jimmy Mutler. Hey, uh, I'm the star player of the... Oh, I, was, I, had, I forgot my accent. I'm the star player, uh, Jimmy Mutler, and you can tell by my uh, scar over my eye like Sub-Zero. Uh, I got that scar so it'd be easier to distinguish me from uh, all the other dogs. Well, it, uh, it makes you look cool. You should carry a sword on your back, too. Hey, not bad. Anyway, what makes you think you're uh, Glaxo material? Well, I played a bunch of dogs at the street court the other day, and I rocked their asses. I, uh, I bet I could beat you, too. Yeah, 
That's crazy. But there's uh, only one thing. It might say in our rule book that humans cannot join the dog basketball league. Can someone please find the rule book? All the other dogs are crowded around, murmuring. Coach Fido comes forth with the rule book in paw. All right, this rule book will tell us what to do. Yeah, this is a rather unusual situation we found ourselves in here. Well, I hope it says I can play the game. I think it would be fun. Okay, uh, well, there's nothing in here. It's just a bunch of muddy paw prints, and all the corners are chewed on. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It was written by dogs, so that would make sense. Well, then... um... Well, that settles that. Uh, so, what do you say, teammate? Okay, well, I guess if you claim you beat the asses of some street dogs, that's good enough for me. So, welcome aboard. Just a minute. I'm the coach, and I make those decisions. But if Jimmy Mutler says it's good enough for him, then it's good enough for me, too. Welcome aboard, young man. Thank you, sir. Now... It's customary for all the dogs on the team to sniff your dirty little asshole and vice versa to their assholes. To refuse would be impolite. Okay, coach. Thank you, coach. I have just one question. How much money do I get? Well, these are dogs, and there's no law about dog wages, so we pay them nothing. But I guess since you're a human, we have to pay minimum wage, which is the entire salary cap of the team. You better be good, Bill. I only played against dogs one time, but it seemed really easy. I bet I can whip all their asses in this game. Good. Okay, can I go home now? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, See you at tomorrow's practice. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bill puts both his hands in his pockets and walks away to go to his home. Interior evening. Bill is at the dinner table with Jenny, Teddy, and Slugger once again having dinner, which seems to be the only thing they ever do. On their plates, they have frozen (laughs) peas, brown mush, orange mush, and mashed potato mush. Gee. Teddy is dismayed. Gee. Dinner again? That's right, Teddy. We have dinner every night. It's a good time to talk about any plot advancements that may have happened in our lives. I met a kid at school who's a wizard. He said he wants to be to transfer to British Wizarding School with him in the fall. We don't have time for that. I have a more pertinent development to share. I finally got a job. That's wonderful news, honey. Jenny goes around the table and picks up everyone's plates and throws them right into the trash, along with the silverware and food. Then she pulls a piping hot pepperoni pizza <laughs> out of the oven. I prepared this much better dinner just in case we had something good to celebrate. Let's dig in, fellas. I love pizza. Jenny, is it okay if my friend Stinky Joe comes over for dinner to celebrate the good news? Yes, it is. Okay, good, because I already invited him without telling you. Who wants to play the doorbell? (laughs) Shut the fuck up! Just do who wants to I got this. I got this. Okay. Uh, uh, ding dong. That must be him. He's like from Brooklyn. I'm oh, sorry. That must be him. No need to get up. He'll probably just let himself in for our convenience. Stinky Joe enters the room. Hello, Bill and his family. I let myself in for your convenience. Hope you don't mind. Not at all, Stinky Joe. Feel free to grab a piping hot slice of pepperoni pizza fresh out of the oven. Anyway. How are the YouTube reaction videos going? 
Oh, well, I'm making millions of dollars, and it's so easy. I can't imagine any job easier than this, to be honest. Hey, Bill, that reminds me, you didn't tell us what your new job is yet. Well, Jimmy, I am going to be a basketball player on the GlaxoSmithKline-Glaxos. Isn't that the dog basketball team? Damn, that sounds easy as fuck. Even easier than my shit. <laughs> well... I don't know about this. I guess we'll have to go to a game and see, but at least they're paying you some money. They said they'll start me as an independent contractor at minimum wage, right off the bat. That's wonderful news. Luckily, this is the U.S., so they don't have to give us health care. That would be a burden on the GlaxoSmithKline Corporation that owns the team, and I do not want to inconvenience <laughs> them. That's right, Jenny. I'm sure I can find us an affordable plan through the ACA exchange. Anyway, my first practice is tomorrow at noon, and the first game of the season is right after practice. You should all come. And hey, Stinky Joe? What is it, old friend? I'm going to put on a spectacle. Don't forget to make some of your famous reaction videos. Sounds good, buddy. Well, I'm going home now. Thanks for the fresh pizza right out of the oven. Interior, GlaxoSmithKline Arena, the next day. Bill, Jimmy Mutler, and a bunch of the anonymous loser dogs on the team are all sweaty from practice. The coach is talking to them presently. Okay, that was a good practice. You all showed a lot of heart. But especially you, Bill. You are much taller than the dogs, and it was easy for you to dominate the game in all phases and score a lot of points, even though you're a doughy and non-athletic guy by human standards. I think I'm going to put you in the starting lineup with Jimmy Mutler and three anonymous golden retrievers who cannot talk and have no distinguishing features. And uh, I have a scar like Sub-Zero. That's right. I'm glad because it makes it easier to remember who you are. Can't wait to trash these losers. Who are we playing tonight, coach? Uh, we got the Northrop Grumman Murder Dogs. They're the toughest team in the league. Normally, I'd say it's unwise to schedule a grueling six-hour practice immediately before a big game, but with you on our team, Bill, I think we might just have a shot. Oh, hell yeah. That's what's up. As game time draws near, the stands are filling up. Jenny is with Teddy and Slugger sitting next to Jimmy Mutler's wife, Zelda Smith-Klein-Mutler. Wow, I'm so nervous for my team in tonight's big game. Oh, haha, ha, you'll get used to it. Which one is your husband? The human man. Did you think I was getting freaky and going intimately wild with one of the dogs instead of the human man? Uh, okay, no, yeah, that makes sense. My name is Zelda Smith-Klein Mutler. I'm Jimmy Mutler's wife. My family is the Smith-Klein family before they, before they married the Glaxos, so you know I'm loaded. <laughs> that rocks and is most definitely what's up. We got the white picket fence recently, but then Bill didn't have a job. Now he's making minimum wage playing dog basketball, though, so I think we'll be all right. Okay, well, if you want free money, just tell me. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I should have asked. What is your name? I'm Jenny Kaminsky Sr. Senior, huh? Well, where's Jenny Jr.? Let's see the little ragamuffin. I, well, sadly, there is no Jenny Jr. yet. Maybe I should remove Senior from my name. Maybe it was just a stupid dream to have a daughter of my own someday. Honey, listen to me. No dream is too stupid to have. Here's $800 to cheer you up. I'm so rich, and I'm a dog, and I barely know the value of money. Zelda, 
I know you're a dog, but does this conversation fulfill the criteria of the Bechdel test? Well, we mostly just talked about our husbands, so probably <laughs> not. Sorry. Okay. Thanks for the money. No problem. Maybe someday you could come over for some piping hot pizza. I made it right out of the oven. I'd really love that, Jenny. I'd really love that. Suddenly, the Chicago Bulls song by Ellen Parsons starts playing, and the lights go off, and there's flashing shit and explosions and fighter jets flying around inside the stadium. The announcer starts to pump up the hometown crowd. Does anyone want to be the announcer? Uh, I could do it, I guess. I... And now... Your starting lineup of your Glaxos, Jimmy Mutler. Crowd going wild with it. And Bill. Crowd doesn't know him, but still losing their shit. And three other miscellaneous dogs. Absolutely losing it. They love it. The starting lineup starts shooting the rock into the basket. And then the murder dogs come out to play, and nobody really likes them. They are from a different town, after all. Coach Fido gets ready to pump up the team. Okay, team, it's time to go over the game plan one more time. You know what to do, Bill? Well, the rim is only four feet high in this league, so the dogs can dunk. So for me, it's really a matter of just dropping the ball right in. That's right. Jimmy Mutler... When you get the rock, make sure you pass that rock to Bill. And the other three, uh, you can really do whatever you want. We probably don't need all five players to win. We have what some would argue is an unfair advantage that's not really within the spirit of the game. Yeah, people come to these games to see dogs play basketball. So, yeah, they might be disappointed to see a man out there. But uh, at the end of the day, this hometown crowd is amped up and they want to see a win. All they care about is winning, and that's what we do. Then a miscellaneous dog says... That's right. Okay, let's play the game now. <laughs> they do one of those things where they all put their hands in the middle, and you see all these dog paws. And then there's a human hand on top, because Bill is there. And then they say, let's go team, let's get him. Okay, looks like I am the center because I'm three times taller than everyone else in the game. This should be very easy to win the tip off. Okay, there it is. Okay, I just grabbed the rock out of the air like it was nothing. Jenny and Zelda cheer from the stands. Woo! Wow! God. Wow! Bill is amazing out there! Did you see that dog who tried to defend him? He literally just broke his legs! Yes, that dog is much too small compared to a man. It tried to keep up and fell and broke all four <laughs> legs at once. Looks like an injury timeout. Yeah, they're bringing out the big curtain. They're going to have to shoot that dog like a horse. A veterinarian puts up a curtain on the court, and then shots ring out. Bang, bang, bang. Again, if the director wants to fill time, you could have like dozens and dozens of shots fired here and just show the crowd going wild for like 20 minutes. <laughs> this hometown is really pumped up. The bad guys are getting just what they deserve, and the game has barely started. Yes, most satisfactory. After the dead dog is removed from the court, Jimmy Mutler inbounds the ball to Bill. Okay, I'm going to shoot the rock. Whoosh. There it goes. This rocks. We're going to win so easily. There is a montage where Bill scores over 100 points just by dropping the ball into the hoop. Wow, we're up over 100 points in the first half. 
I guess I could bench Bill, but I'd rather just tell him to stand around on the court. The other players can let the murder dog score a couple times to be nice to him. Man, this is so easy. To think, last month I wasn't even qualified to be a lowly poison tester. And now I'm a god! As the buzzer buzzes for the end of the game, the Glaxas are up 217 to 15. Everyone goes nuts because their team is so good. Stinky Joe approaches Bill courtside. Damn, dude, that shit was wild back there. I was reacting to it a lot. I had my phone out just doing faces whenever I saw you score a point. It was insane, and it's getting a lot of views. I wouldn't be surprised if my reactions to your excellent performance make you famous. Hey, thanks, Stinky Joe. This is everything I ever dreamed of. People always told me I'd never be a dog basketball star. Or, well, it's not so much they told me that. They just assumed that, you know, they you know didn't need to say it in the first place. But I showed them, you know, this is the best day of my life. This is just a small taste of what you'll feel once you put on that championship ring, bud. Or when you look at it anyway, because it's made for dogs and will probably be too small for you. Thanks again for helping make me famous, Stinky Joe. I thought that pollution factory would always be our life. But now here we are, a couple of guys really doing it big time. This rules. Uh Uh-huh. They stand there in silence for a couple minutes, shuffling their feet. Then they both walk away. Interior evening. Once again, we see the family, Bill, Jenny, Teddy, and Slugger, around the dinner table to have a nice meal. Pizza again? This is so good. That's right, Teddy. We're going to have pizza every night if your father continues to do well at his job. I feel like a million bucks, even though I'm technically making the federal minimum wage of seven twenty-five per hour. Dad... That was so awesome when they killed that dog. And you scored so many points. <laughs> Do you think you have what it takes to win the championship? The phone rings and Jenny goes to get it. I don't know, Teddy, but I'm going to try my best for you and for Slugger. And then Jenny on the phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Word. Yeah. Uh-huh. I follow. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, yeah, okay, okay, sweet, yeah, hey, oh, hey, not bad, okay, great, cool, yeah, uh-huh, okay, cool, okay, yep, uh-huh, okay, bye. She hangs up. Guess what, Bill? That was Kibbles and Bits. They want you to be the new face of their dog food. You're going to be on Kibble Bags in every pet food retailer in America. Well, that's wonderful news. And the check is in the mail? The check is in the mail. Now we can pay our bills and triple the height of our white picket fence. Well, this is, uh, this is so good. Can't believe it. Honey, when you start exploiting a loophole in those dogs' rule book, it lit a spark in you. Something came back to life. I haven't seen you like this in ages. Jenny, I found my reason to live. And if a few dogs die along the way, trying to defend against me when I'm driving to the hoop with the rock, then so be it. That's my husband. As Slugger the dog is enjoying his pizza, we see that he is a little more fond of Bill, but he has not been won over yet. Maybe a championship would do the trick. Interior, Northrop Grumman headquarters in Falls Church, Virginia. A menacing man, ensconced in shadow, chews on a big cigar in his big office, which says CEO on the door. 
His name is Northrop Grumman, the guy who has the company named after him. On the wall, he has a calendar with important events circled. After send more missiles to Yemen and lobby U.S. government for more defense contracts, we see one written in bold red, Dog Basketball Championship. A faithful toady stands by. Who wants to be the toady? Yeah, I'll be the I'll be the toady guy. Okay, cool. Um, okay. The championship is fast approaching, and no one can stop this man, Bill. Uh, uh perhaps we should send some dog killer missiles after the. Gla- That's just the guy from The Simpsons. Uh, perhaps we should send some <laughs> dog killer missiles after the Glaxos, sir. No, that's not my style. We've already sold them to the Saudis. I have something more diabolical in mind. But sir, the championship is just days away. How will we stop them if they're still alive by then? Faithful Toady, what is the one thing an ordinary street dog can do to stop a man such as Bill? Uh, Give him rabies? Yeah. That's exactly right. I was expecting you would guess something stupid like using a nuclear bomb on him, but yes, I intend to infect our murder dogs players with rabies and tell them to bite Bill at the beginning of the game. Luckily, the Dog Basketball League plays a best-of-one championship, so we really just need to get him out of the way for, like, two hours. You've really outdone yourself this time, Mr. Grumman. Yeah. I think so. This guy's not going to like it when he gets bit. Yeah, I bet I I wouldn't. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, you can go now. Okay, goodbye. Interior, GlaxoSmithKline Arena, the day of the big championship. Bill and Jimmy Mutler are chilling in the locker room before the big game. The full 82-game season, all the playoffs really flew by. I think we have a damn good team, though. And we never lost a game. That's right. I bet this will be, uh, I bet this will be easy. (laughs) It's like Nick, uh, that guy. The murder dogs are our toughest rivals, but we've uh, beaten them every time and killed nearly half of their roster since the season started. Their bench is pretty thin. When we win, those fans in the crowd are going to treat us like fucking gods. We're like kings to them. (laughs) They're so stupid and their lives are so miserable. You know, the only thing that gives them meaning is watching dogs play a stupid game for babies. <laughs> I used to be like them, but now I'm on top. Nothing can stop us now. We rock. <laughs> the game Such starts a to begin. Distinctive writing style, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> the game starts to begin. And they play the Chicago Bulls song again, but at a faster tempo because everyone's tired of hearing it all season. In the stands, Jenny and Zelda are watching the tip-off. I bet Bill will easily get the ball to start the game, like he always does. Wait, look, he got the ball, but did it seem like that murder dog tried to buy him? He didn't even try to go for the ball. Damn, that's wild. Oh well, who cares? I bet he's fine. On the court, the the murder dogs are playing super aggressive with Bill, and the ref calls a foul. Mutler walks up to Bill before he takes his free throws. Man, is it me or these uh, dogs chomping at the bit today? It seems like they are also uh, seems like they're also foaming at the mouth. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. 
also I noticed something else weird. Who's that chimp sitting courtside? That's the most vertical primate. He's kind of a big deal. Well, what makes him so vertical? Uh, he likes to skateboard. Okay, now that's just crazy. Well, the referee points at his watch, like, can you guys wrap it up? Then Mutler uh, signals for a timeout, and the coach just smiles. He is much too passive to have any feelings about how Mutler makes executive decisions for himself and really likes to just hot dog it out there sometimes. Well, you see, people find it pretty novel to see a chimp doing that kind of stuff, like ollies and grinds and kickflips. They they like to watch it. It just seems so weird to me. Okay, well, you're a man playing basketball. That's pretty weird, too. Or it's, it's weird only because you're in what some would argue is the wrong league for you. Yeah, I guess my own life is pretty weird, too. I'm sorry for reacting in a negative or perplexed way about the most vertical primate. It's no worries, dog, but uh, the timeout is up, so now it's time to shoot that rock. Bill does a classic underhand granny shot in order to shoot the rock effortlessly <laughs> into the four-foot-high hoop. High up in the VIP skybox, Northrop Grumman makes a signal with his hand where he does that shadow puppet thing that looks like a dog, but it's chomping its teeth. Hey, Mutler, pass me the rock. A murder uh, dog bites him on the leg. Yeah, oh, that's my <laughs> leg. As Bill falls to the floor, his teammates and Coach Fido run over and surround him. Bill, it's me, Coach Fido. Are you hanging in there? Are we losing you? Nah, I think I'm good, Coach. It just hurts, because I got bit. Two veterinarians approach Bill with a curtain and a loaded gun, but the coach waves them off. <laughs> that dog is foaming at the mouth with rabies. I bet you have rabies, Bill. How are we, uh, how are we gonna finish the game now? I don't know, man. Well, I'm on my phone, and the CDDs... Yeah, let me start over. I don't know, man. I'm on my phone, and the CDC says the incubation period for rabies in humans is generally 20 to 60 days. However, fulminant disease, whatever that means, can become symptomatic within five to six days. So I think even if this game takes four and a half days, I'll be good. So I think we should just finish the game like normal. Okay, sounds good to me. Bill gets back on his feet, and the crowd goes completely wild. However, up in the VIP skybox, Northrop Grumman throws his cigar onto the ground and jumps up and down, stomping on it with fury. Jenny and Zelda are reacting, too. Wow, that's good that Bill is okay. I bet they can win now. Yes, scoring more points should be an easy task for this top-ranked Glass Glaxo squad. Bill sinks about 200 points over the next three and a half quarters, and the Glaxos win very easily, 250 to three. The league commissioner starts bringing out the trophy, which looks exactly like the NBA trophy, but the sphere on top is a dog's head instead of a basketball. This is the greatest day of my life! Bill reaches to hoist the trophy in the air, but Jimmy Mutler stops him. Hey, Bill, that's not how we do it in this league. Put the trophy on the ground and follow my lead. Jimmy Mutler lifts his hind leg and starts peeing a powerful stream of dog pee onto the trophy. Soon, the coach and the other Glaxo dogs are joining the fun and getting crazy on it. Come on, Bill, you've earned it. All season long, I haven't really been a team player. I pretty much hogged the ball and did everything myself because it was easier that way. 
but this time I'm happy to be part of the team and piss all over that coveted statue. Bill lets loose his wiener from his pants and he pees on the trophy along with the dogs and all the fans and miscellaneous people are rushing onto the court to celebrate, including Jenny and Zelda. As I watch that grown man urinate on a trophy meant for dogs, I couldn't be more proud to call him my husband. There are some who would say this grown man single-handedly ruined a cute sport for dogs and is now making a mockery of its most prized artifact. However, this hometown Glaxo's crowd really loves to see a win, and winning was very easy this season. After the team has their jollies, Northrop Grumman descends to the court and approaches Bill. I gotta hand it to you, Bill. You're the toughest bastard to ever wear a Glaxo's jersey. You and I, we have our differences. But I respect how you handled yourself and shot the rock all night. Look, man, I have no idea who you are. I'm just trying to celebrate with my friends. I'm the owner of the Murder Dogs. And guess what? Come next season, I'm going to buy the entire league. And I'm going to change the rules to say you specifically are not allowed to play in this league anymore. All right, man. Well, I don't feel like worrying about that because I'm just trying to party and celebrate because we won. Okay. All right, man. Later. Bill runs off and starts. P- Bill runs off and starts pouring champagne on a dog. <laughs> he thought it was one of his teammates, but it was just some dog. <laughs> then he is approached by the most vertical primate. Who wants to be the most vertical primate? <laughs> that could be it. Okay. <laughs> hey, Bill. I'm the most vertical primate. <laughs> I was really impressed by your performance back there. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. I saw you and your friend Stinky Joe's reaction videos. And I had to come react for myself, live and in person. Cool. I think you've really got something special. And hey... There's no rule that humans can't join the Chimp Skateboarding League. Uh-oh. 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 Don't tempt me. Nah, but seriously, you should. It's really easy. Okay, actually, a guy told me he's going to buy this league and kick me out of it, so I might have to take you up on that offer. Okay, cool. Well, later. All right, man, later. It was good to meet you. Yeah. See ya. Bill slinks away from the vertical primate with both hands in his pockets. How many scenes have fucking ended (laughs) with putting both of his hands in his pockets and walking away? (laughs) That's just a character trait that helps you understand where he's coming from. It's called subtlety because like he doesn't have to say anything. Tells us all about the kind of guy that Bill is. He's humble. Have you ever fucking watched a movie, Branson? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a scene end that way. Yeah, because this is the next level of movie making. But uh, anyway, we're, we're back. Uh, interior evening at the family house. Bill is holding court around the dinner table with his adoring family of Jenny, Teddy, and Slugger. Wow, Mom. This is the biggest pizza I've ever seen. It's so fresh from the oven. That's right, Teddy. Your dad is like a god tonight. He won the big game. I know we didn't have time to talk about it when I mentioned British wizard school earlier, but now I don't even want to go to that stupid place. I'd rather stay here with my awesome dad. 
Slugger looks at Teddy and begins to speak. Oh, hi, Teddy. And hey, wait, that sounds like Yoda. Yeah, no, can you stay with that voice? Can you please stay with that no, voice? Just do can it. you do hi, that voice? Teddy. Hey, where'd he go, Bill? And Jenny, I must say, this pizza is piping hot. Slugger, <clears throat> you can talk. That's right, Teddy. I never talked before because I never respected your dad. But now that he's successful and on top like a god up on Mount Olympus, I just want to express my admiration. That's awesome, Slugger. I'm glad to hear it. Now let's all enjoy a big slice of pizza. Honey, don't talk with your mouth full. Me? But I wasn't. No, silly. I was talking to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but seriously, Bill, I have something to tell you. I am with child, and it is a healthy baby girl. Ruff, ruff, ruff? Oh, that's wonderful news. Air Dad has done it again. Then the closing credits roll to the tune of a song called Turn Down for Mutt, which was inspired by the motion picture. You can imagine what that would sound like. Then, midway through the credits, that song cuts off, and it goes to a slow <laughs> R&B ballad from the 90s, like Brian McKnight or some shit like that. The end. <laughs> I mean, I think Branson was trying to be a little negative there at the end about, about how I was developing those characters. But I definitely wasn't being negative. I was the most positive one. I kept complimenting JF on his energy while you guys tried to tear him down. <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that a lot as well. And I appreciate <laughs> cooled it. off pretty quick. I can't tell if, if Bill is humble or he just has very low self-esteem. I think he has I a think dog he's just really, I think he fits I think team. he's just really stupid. <laughs> I think everybody stupid. in this whole screenplay is just really stupid, and they just kind of describe things that are happening around them <laughs> to an imaginary audience. Definitely don't expect that time. from Charles's writing, from everything else we've done before. Yeah, this one's a little bit of a, uh, a, a second, turn toward the mature. The second dialogue isn't explicitly advancing the plot. They just say, okay, okay, bye. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. All right. Well, like I have nothing else to say like that'll NPCs advance the plot. in a plot. video game. Well, I'll be seeing you. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you go back and ask them another yeah. question, they would just say the same three things right, again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Bill doesn't feel like talking right now. <laughs> See, that's the problem is that in a lot of movies, it feels like people are like humans instead of NPCs. And I feel like NPCs never get the chance to shine. So what if oh, everyone was that stupid? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think this script went pretty well. If it doesn't get picked up by like Disney or a different thing that Disney also owns, then I'm going to blame you guys for doing such a bad job of delivering it. You also have a lot of, you know, it's very helpful to whoever's going to direct this because you give the director options at multiple points <laughs> to spend 15 minutes doing this, spend 30 minutes doing this. Yeah, this movie could be four hours long if they want it to be. Have like yeah. an intermission. Yeah. and You could do it as a miniseries. Ooh. David Fincher or could do it for Netflix. maybe NPR. If NPR is interested in getting into film. Well, there you go. There's an idea. If, if you're interested in buttloads of cash, then they'll pick it up. <laughs> I'll pitch it. All right. Well, we, we figured out how to make uh, Raina move up the, the ranks at her work. Delivered another classic. So, like, thanks for everyone for being here. Does she stop recording now? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> you like a dream come true.
plain to see, then you're the only.